Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and happy Thursdays. Thank you. Thursdays. Wow. Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us. I heard it, baby. Don't worry about it. It is, it is one of those days, right? Uh, we have Therapy Thursdays today talking about self-care and is your self-care actually making you lonely? We've got uh, James Gay, our marriage and family therapist, oh, joining lonely. us for that conversation. Self-care is interesting because I, I, I hear that. Sometimes I think like alone time is like nice. It's like you pamper yourself, you, you get a massage, or you go do whatever you need to do. Get a manicure, pedicure, do some self-care, right? But too much of that can be a little bit isolating. I love being alone. I love it. I don't, I don't know if it's you. because I sing and I put out so much energy. I think it's a misconception of me as well. I love to be alone. I love to do things alone. Even yesterday, Lisa was like, no, no, no. And I was like, I, I just, I need some time with me. Yeah. And I appreciate it so much. I, it's just the best way for me to recharge. It doesn't even have to be like a manicure. I just like, to, I actually even like to go to the gym alone. Like, I just like to be in my own space. You sometimes. do do that. I like going to the gym alone. I yeah. go to like take a Barry's boot camp by myself or go take a workout. I'm a recharge kind of guy too. Yeah. I like people, but I do like my alone time. Yeah, even when people are like, hey, do you want to go to Runyon? I'm like, I don't want to go with you. I yeah. just want to go alone. I want to put my AirPods in that are not good for you anyway because there's probably what they call it 5G in my brain. And I want to take that in deeply while I listen to my own album. Was that a QAnon reference before <clears throat> 6, 10 a.m.? It was. Wow. Um yeah, I hear you. I totally hear you. Is that also why you've yet to invite me to your home that you've lived in for half a year now? Got it. Never been invited over. So To be fair? She tells me she she tells me she tells me she wants the type of friend who will like cuddle in her bed with her and watch movies and like just be there. I do. But then I like literally every time I reach out to her hang out, she can't hang out and she's never invited me over. Defend yourself. <laughs> I have nothing. Exactly. Nothing. I'll, I, nothing. I'll call her. I'll be like, hey, do you want to go wash our cars together? She'll be like, yeah. And then she'll be like, no. Wait, I'll go wash my car with you. <laughs> no, no. I actually do need a car the wash. The car's clean now, so Why? it's too late. I do. You are my friend that can get in my bed. I don't know what my problem is. <clears throat> you know what it is? I'm not even home. Like, I haven't been... I just want to say this for the record. <laughs> She's going through it. You planned a wedding. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. I'm just trying to plan a music video for an album that's coming up. I will never get married on a large scale. I cannot <laughs> do lot. this. I had a meltdown last night. Yeah. And now I sympathize with anybody who's ever tried to like open a business, have a, a- wedding. Yeah, accomplish anything oh, out of the ordinary. Any goal? Woo! Yeah, out the window for me. Don't want him anymore. I'm exhausted and... She spent all her money. She spent all of her money. Well, I will say... Um, Can I have some money? I think sometimes if I had some, I'd give it to you, but I'm paying off my wedding still. I uh, know. I think it's important to get out sometimes and support others in creative spaces, and we did just that last night. Uh, there's a name you need to know, Bernard David Jones. Uh, incredible, incredible actor uh, and creative. And last night... Uh, he premiered the pilot of his new show, Remember, which is a partner with GLAAD, part of their 150 initiative, and it was absolutely incredible. Going into it, I was like, oh, I know Jose Sanchez from The Game, and I know, oh, that's the guy from The Flight Attendant. He's fun. And I was thinking that, no, it was one of the best pilots I've ever seen oh in my, my entire God, life. Oh, my God, I love that. It's heartfelt. <clears throat> it's, it's all queer-led. Queer black men. It's a group of like five queer black men who are, who are best friends and like their their experience. Think like girlfriends or think like living single so or great. insecure, but with all. I've gay never men. actually seen 
Never. All black gay Never. Men. And they talked about that last night. They said, listen, this is the wild thing is that we've all known each other for years because we've all been auditioning for the same one role in every project. Wow. And you're always, when you're cast, it's like you're the sassy gay black like assistant or whatever you are. That's your character. And so to be able to play like these five different characters who are all very unique in their own right on screen together is something that... That Hosea has been in the industry for 20 years, he said, and he's like, I've never had the opportunity to do something like this right. with such a diverse cast. Right. It was incredible. And on top of that, uh, the Q&A panel afterwards was moderated by our very own Ryan Mitchell, Slay God. I love it. He's Fan- doing so good. He's fantastic. I, apparently, Isis King was supposed to host the Q&A and had to, had to back out last minute. And they reached out to Ryan, and you wouldn't have known because he was fantastic. Yeah, he's so great. Char was there last night as well. Uh, some of our other friends. It was, it was a good night out, and it was nice to be. I'm happy that you went. I yeah. feel like oftentimes, too, we all do this. We're like, oh, I don't oh, want to no, go. Oh, no, we almost didn't get off the couch. I know. And, and then, then you go, looked, and you're like, I'm so happy. We should we should go do this thing. And there's a red carpet, so I mean, Obviously. that always feels good. Hello. Uh, how about some news on the beat? All right, babe. Out uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is tied with President Joe Biden in early polling for New Hampshire's presidential primary. The state is one of the first to vote during the primary season. Buttigieg tied with Senator Bernie Sanders in the state during the 2020 primary. Sanders won 25.6% of the vote, while Buttigieg scooped up 24.3%. They were both awarded around the same number of primary delegates. Biden placed fifth and received no delegates. Inflation, congressional gridlock, and the Supreme Court have stymied Biden's domestic agenda, leading to low favorability ratings throughout his presidency. Across multiple polls, the numbers are the lowest of his presidency so far. Uh, Recent polls by Quinnipiac shows that only 31% of Americans approve of the way he is doing his job, 60% disapprove, and only 24% want Biden to run for a second term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His days are over. He's got some good news coming, though. Joe Manchin apparently just yesterday agreed uh, to a couple of bills that he's been stalling on for a couple of years, and he's been the one senator who's been the holdout. Uh, And if those go through, those are huge wins for Joe Biden right before the midterms. Listen, I'm not thrilled with him. I like him. I think he's kind. I trust him uh, more than I trust Donald Trump. I just think that he's just... I think he's in over his head. I think there's too but, much. But you know, and I think, and I say this lovingly, he's so kind and he's adorable, but so is Rocco. Should we have Rocco run for president? But, I, but then the alternative is a raging maniac that we had for four no, years too. So can we just find somewhere think, in the middle? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't like dislike him to like the other one. Like yeah. they're both a mess. I just would like somebody to come in with like a little bit of backbone. And fresh ideas yeah. and like the ability to get stuff done. Yeah. I don't know how you do that anymore, but it'd be nice. Well, can you figure it out, honey? Because yeah. we're burning over here. All right, let's get into weather. 80, speaking of, of burning. <laughs> oh. 84 in Cleveland, 107 in Cathedral City, 107 in La Quinta, 87 in Boston, a high of 92 in Atlanta, 64 in San Francisco, 89 in Miami, and a high of 99 in Vegas. What was it in San Francisco? Four degrees. Four degrees. Like, what's the point? It's how always going to be 66 degrees. How do they degrees. do it? It's always, yeah, high of 62. How do they do it? I don't get I it. I don't know. See, I don't it's, like that It's weather. pretty up there. It's gorgeous. Dang, that's cold. It's freezing. The ordinary focus on what they're getting. The extraordinary think about who they're becoming. Wait, say that again? You need to listen to this one as you as you get your uh, get your album off the ground. The ordinary focus on what they're getting. The extraordinary think about who they're becoming. Love that. Good perspective. Delayed gratification. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Remember years ago when Kylie Jenner sort of dragged Snapchat and then Snapchat almost disappeared? Yes. Like it literally almost went completely gone. And Snapchat today is very different from what Snapchat was five years ago. Uh huh. And a lot of that was because Kylie Jenner, who had so many followers. Well, uh, the Kardashians and the Jenners are at it again because Kim and Kylie are both very upset with Instagram now. Uh, This is really fascinating because these two women have so many followers on these platforms. Uh, Kylie Jenner has 361 million followers. Kim Kardashian, 326, which is interesting because I remember a couple years ago, Kim still always had like a million or two more than Kylie. Totally. And Kylie took off, right? Totally. They're two of the biggest users on the entire platform. And what they're upset about is that 
a couple of things have been happening for a while. If you're on Instagram, you know that your chronological feed, they've been toying with that for five years. They, they put things in front of you that you do not want to see necessarily. Uh, people that you don't follow, they're not popping up as much anymore, right? So there's that. And the other thing is photos are performing horribly, like a fraction of what they used to because they're now trying to basically compete with TikTok and drive towards video more. Right now, the CEO uh, has come out and responded to these 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 remarks from Kylie and from Kim and others. Uh, CEO Adam Mosseri had this to say. Then I want to get your take, Michaela. This is a lot of change all at once. But know that a number of things about Instagram are going to stay the same. We're going to stay committed to creators more broadly. We're going to stay committed to supporting photos. We're going to stay in a place where we try and put your friend's content at the top of feed and the front of stories whenever possible. But we're also going to need to evolve because the world is changing quickly and we're going to have to change along with it. So please let me know what you think down in the comments and know that I'm going to continue to be here explaining there are changes as we come up with them, the reasoning behind them, and give you the latest updates about what's going on on Instagram. I'll see you soon. Okay. You go ahead. I want to hear. I mean, I completely understand Instagram wanting to evolve. I think that's why they're still around when they created themselves in 2010. They've, you know, have TikTok, Snapchat. They've all really had to keep up with Instagram. The only problem I have with Instagram is that's not what they're doing. Yeah. TikTok is still beating them Mm -hmm. with the videos. And instead of properly supporting the hard posts and the videos, you've completely just hidden people's profiles. You don't know how many people I follow that I do not see. Don't see them. And now, as a singer getting ready to put out an album, my engagement is so low, and now you're affecting my income. And whether or not you like influencers or not, or you like people who did businesses on Instagram or not, that's how we make a living. That's how people made a living. And you're not supporting that. And what people are going to do is, they're going to start getting upset, and they're just going to stop using Instagram altogether. Okay, so how about this? Okay, so just to give people like an idea of what we're talking about. Maybe you're not paying attention. Maybe you still post photos of your cappuccino and that's about as much as you use Instagram for. Or maybe you just follow people and watch people. So when our after our wedding, our very first video that we put out, we made essentially a TikTok and a Reels. They're kind of the same thing, right? Reels is the Instagram version of TikTok. Yes. On Instagram, the same exact video got 13,000 likes, um, got 112,000 views, and 1,200 comments. That exact same video on Instagram or on, on TikTok, exact same video, 743,000 likes, 4.7 million views, 23.4 thousand comments. Uh-huh. The exact same content. And so if Instagram is going to go this route, great. Figure it out, though, because in this time frame, you know this. Like I, you've been my motivation to try to like build my Instagram. You have like a million and a half followers. It's incredible, and you worked really hard to get that, and you earned every single one of them. So I was like, I kind of want to figure this out. So my husband has been helping me with this. And when we po- posted that first wedding video, I had eighteen thousand followers. I have one hundred and six thousand followers now. Three weeks later, four weeks later, yeah. That same time period on Instagram, I've gained five hundred followers. It's crazy. Five hundred. Look at me. I. I have 1.6 million followers on TikTok. I have 44,000 Instagram followers. On Instagram. It's crazy. It's wild. And, and it's it, not fair. It's not. And are, you, are they testing the new format on yours yet? Because mine has changed. What is it? So the one where all of a sudden it goes into a full screen every, and then every single post, it doesn't slide anymore. It just transitions to the next post right away without sliding. No, I don't mine, have that okay, yet. Mine has been that way. He's talking about that. I'm one of those, those couple of percentage of people they're testing it on right now. And I'm looking right now. No, huh? I've hated it. Everything Let me is, see. Show me what you're talking everything about. Everything is lined up differently now on Instagram, and it bugs me. Um, but here, if you go into here, go into my Instagram, and to start on my, start scrolling through, scroll through mine. Grab my phone really quickly. Grab my phone and scroll through it, and see if you notice that it looks different at all when you scroll. Do you see how it goes right to the next thing without sliding? It just automatically goes. It jumps. And also, I hate this. The way things, the, the name is now below. It's no longer on top anymore. Oh, they're really trying to be TikTok. Yeah, they're trying to be TikTok. So it's interesting that TikTok, that was almost banned two years ago by Donald Trump for being Chinese and, and taking all of our information, is now. But 
Look at Instagram. Instagram did the same thing with Snapchat when they took the filters. That's true. That's true. And also, you know what they're seeing? TikTok, in a matter of what, five or six years, has garnered one billion followers. It took Instagram 12 years to get to 1.4 billion. Yes. So, like, TikTok got there faster. And so they're trying to keep up with them. Yeah. It's interesting. Very interesting. All right. Coming up, uh, Laverne Cox's brother tearfully explains how much she means to him. It's such a beautiful story, and we've got the audio next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. What would you give to hear like your sibling? Like it just speaks so highly of you. Like it's important, right? Oh my god, yeah, but you guys know how I feel about my brother. He, He's singing on my album. Yes. And it literally does not matter how many times I've listened to it. I cry every single time. Of course. Love that little idiot. He, su- he supports you. He's, he's supporting our country right now. He just joined the military. Yeah, my honey boy. I'd give anything for one of my sisters in particular to like say a kind word about me, and it hasn't happened in years, which is why this story I'm a little bit jealous of. It makes me a little bit emotional. What's popping? Well, on ABC and Hulu's new reality show, claim to fame, celebrity relatives are put in a house together, giving clues to each other on who they're related to. In a recent episode, uh, the contestant known as X was revealed to be M. Lamar, the twin brother of Emmy-winning producer, Emmy-nominated actress and activist, Icon Laverne Cox. Take a listen. Coming up, Laverne Cox's brother... T- that's definitely Michaela's That's tease okay. from moments Just ago. Find the clip. Don't worry. We got the clip. Vanessa had um, her vaccines yesterday, so she's going through Yeah, she it. got her booster yesterday. She's uh, struggling. Okay. Roll it. I'm the identical twin sibling of the Emmy-winning producer, four-time Emmy-nominated actress, icon, and global superstar, Laverne Cox. I am very emotional tonight, not because I'm leaving, but because I have so much respect for my sister. I've never really spoken about her, but since she's the reason why I'm here, I want to say in front of the world, I love her so much. Um, I think she is the most extraordinary person I've ever met. She has endured all kinds of insanity and continues to. She continues to stand with so much dignity and pride and go forward and be an inspiration for so many people. Her success is so much bigger than her. The number of black trans actresses who are in the covers of magazines, who are starring in television shows, all of that did not exist before my sister. And I just want to thank her and praise her. I mean, it's so sweet. His sister is an icon and his sister literally paved the way for so many and so for him to say that especially her twin brother it's just so sweet so also identical twin so that's also got to be a journey for him as well 
to be like my my who was he knew as his brother growing up is now his sister. That's a big, big, a big. Sh- twins are close. Yeah. And did you watch Orange is the New Black? No. Okay, so she played Sophie Brissett in, on the show and was an icon. It was her breakout role. And there were a few flashback scenes over the years, with a flashback to her pre-transition, and he played that role. He actually played that character so that she wouldn't have to go back into male a male form. He played that. Which wow, is interesting. Because I love they're it. Identical twins. They're yeah, very close. I beautiful. love this. Beautiful. Listen, I love a sibling dynamic, and I think it's beautiful that he's finally coming out and talking about his sister. All right, coming up, it's Therapy Thursday. Is too much self care isolating for isolating us from actually hanging out with people? Where does the boundary lie? We're joined with James Gay in the next hour. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's almost time for news on the beat. I do see breaking news on the screen right now. Uh, This came out sort of last night. Joe Manchin has made a major reversal, agrees to energy and health bills. Uh, If this goes through, could be a huge win for the Democrats and for Joe Biden. Joe Biden did did come in saying he could get people to work together. He's had a hard time getting his own party to work together. So if this does happen, uh, it's a really, really big day uh, for all of us, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that one. How are you doing, Michaela? I'm doing good, babe. Just good. Living my truth. Living your. What is your truth? Just doing what I got to do. Standing up for women, one step at a time. Making sure we take the man down. Okay. okay well, sorry I asked. Sorry I asked. It's okay. How are you doing? I still well identif- identify as a man still. So that's well. Then you better be standing up for women this awkward. Month. I'm going to sit down. But the good thing is, when I sit down, I'm still as tall as you. Oh, my God. When you sit down, you're still taller than me. That is true. I was looking at some photos, and I think that our size dynamic is the funniest thing, and I actually am so obsessed with it because when I did date men, I was obsessed with tall men because I felt, like, very protected. Like, I was like, yeah, I can definitely run my mouth even more now because no one can get me. So then when I stand next to you, I'm like... I'm just tall and lanky. I'm not strong. If you're on no, your no, own. No, no, I'm going to fight for us. If you run that mouth, you're you're no, I'm going to fight for us. But having you stand next to me at 6,000 feet tall, well, I, will say I this. appreciate. I will say this. When you're when you're 6'5", you don't love it your entire life, right? Growing up, like I was 6'3 by 7th grade, so that wasn't really that much fun. Right. Um, I love being tall now, but everybody, I, I would say 99% of people are attracted to tall men. If you're into men, Duh. like they just like tall guys. Yes, I, and but there's I nev- a safety that's brought. Yeah, with I never it. used to think that. Like everybody's like, "Oh, you're my big spoon." I'm like, okay, well, every now and then I like to be small spoon. I'll I, small spoon I you. I would let you. I would let you small spoon me. Listen, here's the dynamic pick, of our relationship. Like, you'd have to pick like either he my legs. He looks like the big spoon. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna end up big spooning him when we're older. For sure. He's gonna put that big, humongous body in my tiny arms, and I'm gonna hold him like a baby. So either I curl up completely in the fetal position, or you have to choose either like my torso or my legs, because you can't spoon at all. Like real talk. There's only maybe just pick, pick I, the midsection. I'm gonna need you to get it into a roly poly position. Fair enough. And I will squeeze you well, so deeply. Glad we got that straightened out. Good. Our future is bright. Important news that people needed to know. <laughs> What's going on in News on the Beat? Well, a lot, babe. A 66-year-old man in the U.S. has become the fifth person cured of HIV in the world and the oldest person cured so far. The man who's being called the City of Hope patient was cured with a stem cell transplant that we was used to treat his blood cancer. The technique has been used to cure four other people in the past two decades. Experts say that this is not a viable treatment for the vast majority of people living with HIV. The procedure requires bone marrow from a small group of people with a specific mutated form of the CCR5 protein. Bone marrow transplants are also potentially fatal. Still, researchers said that the treatment can help further understanding of how the virus functions. While a transplant is not an option for most people with HIV, these cases are still interesting, still inspiring, and illuminate the search for a cure. University of Melbourne infectious disease specialist Dr. Sharon Lewin said during a press call. I mean, it's a step in the right direction. That's exciting. Maybe not available to everybody today, but nothing is at first. Once they get it down and hopefully they're able to replicate this in some way, shape, or form. I do believe stem cells, they're, they're not the way of the future. They're now. And so I think it's really fascinating. Science is wild to me. Wild. 
Did you, you ever in science class, did you ever have to look through like a little microscope and look at little things on those little glass plates and like never had a clue what you were looking at? Completely. Every, I just pretend every single day. Yes. These scientists literally look at that stuff all the time and they like make things. But the older I get, I appreciate all the things that we were taught and I wish I would have had more appreciation because I do find things like this very interesting now. Like science I didn't care about growing up, but now I'm like, I do think it's really interesting. You know the one chemistry experiment that I did in high school that stands out to me to this day? Tell me. During the holidays, have you ever heard of peanut brittle? Love. Yeah, we made peanut brittle in like beakers in class as like a fun holiday project to learn about like cooking and science. Okay. And it was delicious. Okay. It's the only thing I ever paid attention to. Love. I loved it. Because it's delicious. Science. Yum, babe. All right, let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of... 99 in Vegas, 107 Palm Springs, 92 in Houston, 89 in Miami, 92 in Atlanta, 78 in Buffalo, 107 in Cathedral City, 102 in Dallas, and 86 in Boston. Now give us a vibe of the day. The ordinary focus on what they're getting. The extraordinary think about who they're becoming. Life's a journey. Get into it. Life's a journey. Life's a garden. Dig, Dig it. it. Joe Dirt. <laughs> My favorite quotes of all time. Yeah. So good. Let me let me big spoon you. Come here. Ay, ay, ay. B morning B. B channel Q. You know something really hap- interesting happened after Donald Trump took office in 2016. Tell me if you if you think about the timeline. At that same time, the term self care became part of our everyday vernacular. Oh, yeah. It's the way that many of us coped with the the trauma of having that man in the White House making decisions for all of our lives, right? Yeah. So self-care has been become very, very trendy on social media. What actually is self-care, though? And can self-care ever be bad for your health? So for Therapy Thursdays, we're joined by our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. James, thank you so much for being here. Hi, James. Hello. You're very welcome. Happy to be here with you both. Well, let's talk about self-care. And is it possible that, for instance, if if your self-care becomes you know too isolating, could that actually be a bad thing for you? Absolutely, yeah. If self-care is used to justify, you know, total independence and autonomy or self-absorption or, you know, using money in ways that, you know, are beyond our means, then it's not useful at all. Self-care is supposed to be about recognizing that when we're taking better care of ourselves, that we're able to show up more fully, um, not from a place of being burnt out or operating at a deficit, but giving from a place of fullness. I love that. You know, I think uh, over the couple of years, myself included, we've really gotten what self-care is confused. Like you'll go out for drinks, you'll have too much wine, you'll overindulge. And you're like, oh, it's okay. It's just self-care. It's what I'm doing to help cope. So what's the difference between coping mechanisms and self-care? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, coping, you know, can be done in lots of different ways. Sometimes it's with negative consequences. Like you're saying, if you're overeating and you're feeling indigestion, that's not great, right? That's certainly not self-care. Self-care is really paying attention to the signs and signals of what we need. And and again, there's lots of ways of doing self-care activities without overindulging, without sort of... Um, you know, doing it at the expense of ourselves or other people around us. So doing it in play, in, in ways that are moderate, you know, that take into account all those different factors. I really do see self-care, like the basics of, of self-care are really about four prongs, right? Four wheels to a car. It's about, you know, good nutrition, physical exercise, social support, and and just really, um, you know, and, and, and adequate sleep. There are a variety of ways that we can, you know, have additional self-care strategies and techniques, but really focusing on those four I think is really important too. I think my self-care love language is vacation. Just put me on a beach anywhere. Oh my gosh, that's how I recharge. I'm I'm a different person. But for a lot of us, you know, speaking of recharging though, Michaela, a lot of us, even if we are extroverts and we seem like we're extroverts, I personally, I need alone time to recharge, right? I need to get away and just not be around anybody. Sometimes just a night off from my husband is even nice. And and, and, the, and the same for him, although he would say that more often than I would probably. However, 
when do you know, like, are there signs you can look for that maybe you're self-isolating a little bit too much? Your self-care is, is, is causing you to disconnect too much from society and it's time to plug back in. Yeah, well, if we're using it as an excuse to isolate, that's, you know, certainly an indicator. If we're recognizing that we're feeling a sense of loneliness, isolation, or disconnection, or that we're not actually working through, you know, conflict and resolving it well or maintaining our relationships, these are all signs and signals that we're using self-care as a defensive strategy um, to not deal with the discomfort of dealing with conflict or being in relationship and all that that entails. Mm-mm-mm. That's so crazy. And it's really important. I, I will say a lot of people have also learned, we had this conversation yesterday, that people are learning that they cannot go, go, go anymore. The hustle, life, and mentality just simply does not work. But it's really hard to switch your brain and say, okay, it's okay to take a midday 15-minute nap because my body's tired. So what are some tips that people can tell themselves who are transitioning from like this hustler mentality and still want to keep it, but trying to really honor themselves? Yeah. Well, and I think this is, again, is all about balance, right? There are moments that we need to act, that we need to take action and do things. And that needs to be balanced in with times of relaxation or just allowing ourselves to be and breathe and reconnect to the core of who we are. If we are, you know, for too long doing one thing at the expense of another, then it's out of balance and there's going to be usually anxiety or depression or loneliness or other things that that indicate that, that things are off balance and that we need to reconfigure things. That's really, really great advice. I've been married for a month and a half, and my my husband has been struggling recently with uh, not having something to do all day every day because we planned a wedding for an entire year, and now mm-hmm. that that's over, I feel like he's like, I need to be busy. I need to be busy. And I'm yeah. like, I need you to take a moment for self-care and be present. Um, so I'm definitely going to take some of these tips home with me today and uh, hopefully save my marriage, James Gay. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully good. we make it through our and second month. I'm going to go home right. and take a nap unapologetically. Okay. So I'm feeling Woo-hoo. good. You go. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, James Gay, for joining us for Therapy Thursday. He's going to stick around actually for one more topic. We're going to talk to you a little bit uh, in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about uh, where toxic men come from who creates them is it their moms their dads environmental like why is toxic masculinity a thing on therapy thursdays next let's do t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. It's time for a double dose of therapy with our marriage and family therapist, our licensed marriage and family therapist. Okay. James Gay. Thank you for sticking around, James. Um, You bet. Let's talk about toxicity for a moment. Um, Let's. Because it's so easy to label people as toxic. If you don't like get along with them, you don't vibe, you don't agree with what they stand for. Uh, it, it's easy to blame others for like our own shortcomings, right? But sure. this uh, this TikToker, his name is Jamal Banks. 
He's a self-proclaimed toxic therapist, which I'm sure as an actual therapist that thrills you. Um, <laughs> but he calls himself a toxic therapist, and he has a video that has over 8 million views right now. It's gone viral. And in it, he says, if your relationship fails, don't just blame him, sweetie. It takes two. Him and his mother, period. Because they ain't you, sis. Stay toxic. He's saying that toxicity comes from mothers. Is there any truth to that? Does Do our toxic behaviors get passed down from parents or are those things that we just pick up, you know, socially uh, as we grow? Well, you know, regardless of our gender identity or sexual orientation, age, race, or otherwise, we all are a part of a society that teaches us that the, the only thing worse than being a woman or being feminine is being like a woman. Mm. And that can create an extreme and toxic form of masculinity that always has to be proven, is never attained, and isn't balanced with healthy feminine characteristics. So, you know, that can happen, you know, regardless of what parents we have, you know, we can all internalize those messages in ways that, that um, are really harmful. I think one of the things that this TikToker sort of, um, you know, a lot of people probably identified with is, you know, having difficulties with in-laws. And there are certainly plenty of people I think that resonated with how family estrangement and, and and it can be part of that process and that you know relationships can be extra difficult when our in-laws are not supportive of the relationship mm. I just think it's so interesting as usual that we would blame the mothers first mm-hmm. before ever looking at a man's part in it or a father's role in it. Oftentimes, I feel like in a household, the father is the one to leave, leaving the mother to raise a son, which is very difficult for a mother to begin with. I know because that's the home I was raised in along with AJ. Mm -hmm. And this isn't to take an opportunity to drag men. I've said this so many times. I love men. I know incredible men. I know incredible fathers. But it just goes to show in society because a man doesn't know how to behave, you then have to blame the woman who gave birth to him. And I think that, like, it's just gross, one. And two, what part, if a parent plays a part in this, does the father play? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you're naming something that has a lot of historical roots in psychology and and my profession, unfortunately, that there's a lot of, um, you know, old theories that really focus on, you know, the, the, the mother role, you know, the good enough mother, you know, these kinds of concepts that that kind of disregard um, the, the, the father's role as well and, and their responsibility. You know, I, I do think that there are just way too often, you know, in our society and culture that privileges men and masculinity and certain characteristics over others um, that that women get targeted and oppressed for for those kinds of things. And so, you know, again, I just want to acknowledge that that we all need, regardless of our gender sexual orientation, a balance of healthy masculine energy with healthy feminine energy. So those are things like masculine energy can be things like being focused or disciplined or active, having purpose or vision. Healthy feminine energy can be open and being patient and caring and wise, flexible and compassionate. We need a combination of these things to, again, be in better balance and thrive in life. It's really interesting. According to the University of Cambridge Center for Family Research, there was a a report published back in 2016 that found that rifts between parents and their son's wife are actually Mm -hmm. among the most common reasons for family estrangement. Um, Also, Mm -hmm. the Evolutionary Psychological Science Journal uh, found that men and women report having more conflict with their mother-in-law, 44% than with their own mothers. So so I'm not not putting it on any, any, but, but those... There's something interesting that happens with parents, right? Men yeah. tend to, for some reason, oftentimes be closer to their daughters, like daddy's girls, right? And then mama's boys are kind of a thing too. Is there a reason, do you think, that that is that even real? Does that truly exist? Because I feel like sometimes moms and daughters are in conflict with each other and fathers and sons are as well. But somehow when it's the opposite sex, it feels like there's a different relationship dynamic. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, our first models in relationship are those with our parents, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that can absolutely influence the ways that we show up in our partnerships and adult relationships. You know, I I think all of these kinds of stereotypes, there's usually an element of truth to them, but then get way overgeneralized and blown out of proportion in ways that that, that aren't actually true. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm a big old mama's boy. I just... (laughs) Oh, James. Yeah, and again, that's perfect. That can be perfectly fine and healthy, depending on you know the different set of boundaries and interactions, and you know, especially when it comes to those that we love and care about. You know, making sure that they are also treated well, and we're advocating on their behalf, and and setting some parameters about how you know we and our our partners will be treated by said parents, whatever the gender of those parents are. Well, listen, we appreciate you so much, James Gay. Always so insightful. And we look forward to speaking to you again on another Therapy Thursday. Sounds good. All right. Coming up, Vanessa Lachey is defending herself after being called out for calling Love is Blind body diverse. We'll tell you about it coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. It's time for another round of What's Poppin' from the queen of pop culture, who's unfortunately not available right now. So we've got Michaela Gordon. Woo! Oh, Shane. <laughs> Who is the, who's the queen of pop culture? Is there one? It Me. Could, it could be you. Honey, I don't know who else is doing pop culture. Uh, yeah. Who's doing pop culture? I guess, like, I don't know, like, Access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight, those well, shows. boring. <laughs> it's me. I am. You like Sibley Skulls. Oh, but Sibley's my girl. Yeah, she's a Vegas. Okay, so, I know. So you guys are both the, the queens of pop culture. Yeah, yeah, we love Sibley. Fair enough. All right, well, Vanessa Lachey might think that she's the queen of pop culture because she is the host of Love is Blind, but she's coming under fire because she's saying that Love is Blind is super body diverse, and now people are clapping back. Uh, no, it's not. All the stars are very thin. Not at all. Now she's saying the contestants are given a fair shot during the casting process, uh, but the ultimate lack of diverse body shapes is due to contestants being insecure. Uh, However, it's weird because the premise of the series is a social experiment where single men and women looking for love fall in love before they meet in person. So it's literally personality driven. Well, it's kind of like what The Voice was trying to do years ago when American Idol was like the option for like everybody had to look young and cute to be a pop star. Right. The Voice, the original premise was we're just going to listen to their voices and not see them and make decisions initially, right? So that's kind of what Love is Blind is doing for like dating shows. But it's all like supermodels. Yeah. Like they're all skinny and hot. It's very bizarre, yes. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't even say that. Skinny and hot's even unfair to say because who's to say you, can, you can't be, you know, they're all stereotypically attractive yes. based on yes. like things that we've had in the past. Yep. Um, but I think it's crazy, and I think it does. It defeats the purpose because uh, they also choose men and women that are a bit judgmental. I remember uh, last season, one of the guys was like, "Oh, well, if you're heavy, I don't want to date you. Like, can I pick you up or no? Yeah. Like, also, don't let that guy on the show." And also, if you're saying that the reason that people that are a little bit thicker or not coming on your show because they're insecure. Maybe you're part of the problem. Maybe you making statements like this, it's not going to make them feel more secure. Right. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's the frustrating thing about so much content that's out there. We, we've, we've always been fed the exact same thing, right? Cast full of like really young, hot white people mostly, and then a couple minorities sprinkled in. And everybody has six packs and all the girls have like big boobs. That's it. That's all we see. Every girl's like five eight, five nine. Totally. Every one of them. Totally. And so but that's not what we want. Nobody wants it. It's just what we know. Right. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So uh, Vanessa Lachey, I love her, but like okay, you should try one more time. Try again. Yeah. Like <laughs> this isn't it. Awkward. All right, coming up, will polygamy ever be legalized? God, I hope so. We're gonna talk about it coming up next. Huh? The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. That was Heaven Takes You Home by Swedish House Mafia. Not mad at a little uh, mafia action. No. When you hear the word mafia, do you think of like your family roots? Like what do, where do you go? You little yeah. Italian. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're like Swedish of, mafia. What's that? Well, you know what I think of is Paul Sorvino passed away this yes. week. We are Sorvino's father. And I felt so bad. But then I, I also saw this meme that's very true to Italian culture, Ameri- Italian-American culture, where once a Italian celebrity dies, like it's very personal for you. Like mm. as an Italian, I'll be like to my cousin or something, I'll be like, did you hear about Paul? And they're like, Sorvino? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. And they're like, I got to call my uncle right now. Like, it's like a family affair. He's like, an we, icon. But it's devastating because it, they're like our family. You know, Mir is so a, a friend of mine. Not a friend friend, but like a like a th- through the years of interviewing her. Yeah, we her interviewed over. her. Yeah, and and I interviewed her 100 years ago in Hollywood Stay Live. We've, we've always stayed close. She's supposed to come on the podcast uh, at some point. Um, but she always, always... Speaks so highly of her father. Of course. Like they had a very, very like close relationship. And there was the video resurfacing of when she won her Academy Award. And the first person she thanked was her father. And he started crying. No! A big, like, tough guy Italian father in the audience who looks like he They're the softest, in the mafia. It was the sweetest man in the world. And just sending so much love to Mira, obviously, yeah. and her family during this didn't know the conversation was going to go there. We started off with Swedish House Mafia, ended up in the Italian Mafia. Welcome to Live Radio. Now we're honoring Paul Sorvino. May he rest in peace. Amen. Uh, What do you have for us in News on the Beat? All right. Well, President Biden has finally offered a trade to Russia for the return of out WNBA star Brittany Griner and ex-Marine Paul Wellen. But the offer is a tough one for some to swallow. President Biden's offer stipulates that if Griner and Wellen are returned safely, the U.S. will hand over a prisoner of its own. A man named Victor Bout. Bout was a prolific Russia arms dealer. Sentenced in 2011 to 25 years in prison for a myriad of horrible crimes that earned him the moniker, the merchant of death. Naturally, many people are hesitant to see someone like him offered back to a country many regard as an enemy to the United States. Well, they are an enemy. It's interesting that it shows you how different the two, like as messed up as our country is, how different it is to be an American versus to be, you know, a Russian under the rule of Putin. We're just asking for a WNBA basketball player back. And they say, sure, give us the merchant of death. <laughs> like, like this guy like literally murders Americans and sells weapons around the world. And that's who they want back. We want somebody who has like a nice jump shot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is. They're two very unequal things. It's a lot. This is a tough one. I don't understand why it's just so difficult. But the really the one that's at, at hurting the most is Brittany and her wife and Brittany's family. And uh, I just feel so bad as we watch the stories. All the Britneys, Brittany Griner, Brittany Spears, they're all going through it. Brittany Murphy had a rough go at it. Yeah, but also I mean, everyone just, named their kid Brittany at one point. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot like, of Britneys. It's just happening, that's, kind of. That's fair. Mm-hmm. They're all around the same age. It's kind of, yeah. Okay. Uh, in other news, Donald Trump denounced LGBTQ equality in a speech at the America First Policy Institute's first annual summit yesterday as he signaled his intent to run again in 2024. During the speech, he denounced the sexualization of minor children while discussing LGBTQ people. Take a listen. Number seven, federal, state, and local governments should aggressively enforce existing statutes to stop the perverted sexualization of minor children. The society that refuses to protect its children is a society that soon will not be able to protect anybody. This is a hallmark of cultural and social decay against which we should fight back very hard and very soon. The sickos who are pushing sexual content in kindergarten or providing puberty blockers to young children who have no idea what a puberty blocker is, neither do I, by the way, are not just engaged in acts of depravity. In many cases, they are breaking the law and they should be held fully accountable. What an a-hole. Neither do I, by the way. Well, as the president and former president of the United States who's trying to make policy on people's lives, maybe you should effing read a book. Like, it's just so unnerving. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where he denounced the LGBTQ community. He called us sickos. But I didn't hear that. He just said, he literally said the sickos that are trying to pervert children is what he just said by allowing conversations in schools. But I didn't hear LGBTQ people. 
Honey, who do you think he's talking about? I, I'm, I'm Anybody just who's supportive of because us. Because what I will say is, as an LGBTQ member, I also do not support the sexualization of minor children. But that's children. not what's happening. Right. That's, 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 that's the conversation that the Republican Party is trying to have. They're trying to make it sound like kindergarten teachers, first grade teachers are sexualizing children. That's not happening. Nobody supports that, obviously. But us existing in their world to them is sexualizing children. They're not allowed to say the word gay. That's what that's about. Just saying it or acknowledging, hey, my teacher is a man and has a husband to the Republican Party in this day and age. They see that as sexualizing children. Yeah. You have a niece. She's what, five, six now? And I don't want anyone sexualizing her. And of I'm course. very strict of when it comes course. to her. But under this understanding of sexualizing children, what the Republican Party is saying, you and Lisa existing in front of her is sexualizing her. That's where the line has to be drawn. Because that is how we just exist. It's a different thing. You're not teaching her how to be a lesbian. Yeah. You're just being who you are in front of her. And that's, we have to fight for that. Because once you start erasing all of queer culture and saying, oh, we can't talk about it. And now until, well, okay, are we not going to talk about straight people then? If you can talk about a straight relationship to a six, seven, eight, or nine year old, you can also talk about a queer relationship. There's no difference. And yeah. until like we all understand that, this sort of stuff, calling uh, calling those who support, you know, uh, sharing who they are in the real world with children, calling us sickos, it's dangerous. It's just dangerous. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 87 in Boston, 102 in Dallas, 107 in Cathedral City, 78 in Buffalo, 65 in San Francisco, 93 in Houston, 99 in Vegas, and 88 in New York. Now, give us a vibe of the day. The ordinary focus on what they're getting. The extraordinary think about who they're becoming. Love. Okay, focus on the journey. Think about who you're becoming, honey. All right, coming up, will polygamy ever get legalized? It may be happening, but how's incest involved? We're going to talk about the laws coming up next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, so we've been talking a lot about the Respect for Marriage Act. It passed the House. Uh, there were 50 or so. Uh, give or take, I think, 47 Republicans who got on board with it, another 150 who did not support marriage equality. Now it heads to the Senate. We think we have maybe five Republican senators so far, right? We need to get to 10 for this thing to go through. Well, conservatives are jumping into this conversation now. Of course, 83 different organizations have gotten together and written a letter uh, to Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republican Party, right? And said to him, you have to stop this because if we allow same-sex marriage to continue, our society will continue to crumble. And what's next? Marrying children? Oh. Polygamy? Mm. What could it lead to? <gasps> Which is ironic because it's the Republican states that allow like 15-year-olds to get I married. I was just going to say it's that disgusting. the irony is wild. How do you respond to something like this? When you see articles like this and you see, you know, 83 different organizations, these are probably pretty, you know, you got to think educated people maybe who run these organizations, who got together and all decided that you marrying Lisa or me marrying my husband is the same as you marrying a 13-year-old. Well, let's look at the lawsuits. I mean, let's take Warren Jeffs, for example, a huge mm. Netflix series right now who was marrying 12-year-olds and impregnating them. Mm -hmm. And it was okay, and they found ways around it. I mean, if you look at incest... It's not coming from our community. Yeah. It's coming from the small towns, like you said, where they're allowed to marry 15-year-olds. Mothers are selling their children to oh. these men. Oh, children are being sex trafficked through my hometown daily. Yeah. Like, there have been busts of semis, uh, trucks of people at different stops at the Walmart parking lot in and my hometown. Vegas is no better. It's a huge trafficking hole. So I feel like, let's just go back to facts. Let's go back to everyone loves religion. We'll go back to Catholicism and the um, pedophilia that happens there and, mm -hmm. and really all religions. I think it's crazy to try to pinpoint gay marriage as the thing that would open the door to, to polygamy and to, I mean, we have an entire show about polygamy called Sister Wives that's been on air for like eight years. Yeah. We've glorified and made these people famous. Yes. 
Like, oh, yes. but we're offended now? Well, and it's interesting because according to a 2021 poll, just last year, 55% of Republicans actually favor marriage equality. A majority, 71% of Americans, uh, by and large, support marriage equality, which means that that number is over 80% amongst Democrats, right? And so both parties actually support it. So why are we still having these conversations? Why have I been married for 45 days and I still have to see in the headlines every single day that people want to take that right away? Like, why should you have to worry about the timing of you and Lisa's wedding whether you should do it this month or a year from now because you want to make sure that you could still get married. Like, why should we have to think about those things? Well, it's the same reason women don't have control over their own bodies. I mean, literally, it's not... One thing about Republicans, they're consistent and they don't discriminate. And persistent. Women don't Mm. get control. Gays have no control. It's their way or the highway. And unlike Democrats, they're going to make sure it happens. That's the frustrating thing is one party is like evil and very organized... And the other party has the best intentions but can't get their heads out of their butts. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish. I feel like the Democratic Party has better ideas all the time. Like, we're kinder. We're more gentle. But but in that, there's a lack of backbone, I think, sometimes. Absolutely. When it comes to our own party. And it's just, I'm tired of getting steamrolled. I'm not going to turn around and vote for Donald Trump or some of these crazy Republicans. But I think that they know that. Yes. So they continue So they can get away out. with it. Because mm-hmm. we're not giving be- – that's a really good take, actually. We're not giving such a strong alternative that they're able to get away with the crazy. Yeah. It's like a parent when they're like, I'm going to count to three. And if you don't get off that counter, one, two, three, and they don't do anything. What are you going to do? What's your okay, next... well, I'm not getting off the counter. What's I'm actually next... going to jump now. Absolutely. I remember when I was a kid and my parents were divorced and I'd be like, well, I'm going to go stay with my dad. And mom's like, okay, go off. She knew I would never go. Yeah, what do you... it's still as it, it, terrible as I thought it was. And you living still with my make mom. the threats, but you're not doing anything. It's still way better than living with my dad. That's kind of where we are in this two party system. And yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah. They're able to compare us to pedophilia because we're not going to do anything about it. Is, I'm not trying to marry a child. That's disgusting. Okay, a second or a third husband, though? Oh, so you're into the sister wives. <laughs> the, I'm the sister, or the, the, what would they be called? The brother, brother, the brother husbands. husbands. <laughs> the Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Okay, is it is it odd to you when you see families on social media or whatever, and they're so close that they actually still sleep in the same bed together as the kids are getting older? Like, what, do you, what was your family dynamic like growing up? Were you that kind of family, or were you like, no way? Yeah, oh, we for sure were, and I still am with my niece. My nephew is now 12, so he does not sleep with us anymore. But he slept with us probably till he was about seven, me and Zia Lisa. And then Talia, Natalia sleeps with us. She's five. When they come to LA, LA or we go to Vegas and stay, we all sleep in the same bed. Um, I love it, though. I always loved sleeping in the bed with my mom like I just I loved it I felt so snuggly well there's just one couple that uh they're 33 years old both partners are and they have a son who's four and a daughter who's eight and they say they get more rest uh when they sleep as a family than when they slept separately the idea I think being that the kids are always coming and waking them up and making noises but they sleep in their bed they're fine I think this is crazy I but I also grew up my grandmother and grandfather had separate bedrooms because my grandma was like five nothing. She was like five oh, five, yeah. I think. And my grandpa was like six seven. Yeah, yeah, big he'd roll dude. over her. He would smash her. And she also had a water bed. So that was different. <gasps> yeah, you remember water beds? Those were good. Oh, I loved water So they beds. slept in separate bedrooms. So like I never, and then my family, I, I remember being a kid and on Sunday nights every now and then on HBO, whenever we'd have like free HBO. For like, remember they do like the weekend of free HBO or free Disney Channel or whatever, and it's super exciting because we totally did. There was no streaming back then. We didn't have the money to. My mom, you know, was a single uh, parent working in the factory, but on those Sunday nights, every now and then, we'd get together and watch Fraggle Rock. We'd watch Love. that in my mom's <clears throat> bed, and yeah. she would get uh, saltine crackers and avocado and pepper. And it's still one of my favorite snacks in the world. We sit there, really good. yeah, and we eat avocado crackers and watch Fraggle Rock. And to me, that was like an incredible. But then you sure as heck better believe she would get us up and take us into our little bunk beds and make us go to bed afterwards. When you guys fell asleep. Yeah, we're not sleeping with our parents. Yeah, I don't know. See, because it's my niece, 
like we don't have her all the time. So we're like, come on. She loves to sleep with us. But I will say having two dogs that me and Lisa sleep with, I hate them. Because the bed's just too small. There's yes. just not enough room. That, we're okay. hitting each other. That's the equivalent for you. You do. You let your dog sleep with you, which is wild to me. Because I, my dog's bigger than yours, though, to be fair. but Okay, but also Rocco takes it. He's like his mother. He mine's, is yeah, sleeping Mine's like about the size of both yours put together, like weight-wise. Yeah. Yours are both around 20 pounds apiece. Mine's 40. I never in a million years would. I let him take a nap sometimes at the foot of the bed. And even that, I'm like, Kingston, stop moving so much. You keep waking me up. Yeah. So he sleeps in a kennel every night. But I can't. I also think that if you want some like romance in your relationship, having, oh, that's yeah, having kids in the bedroom. You were talking about this recently. You just got a TV in your bedroom. That was a big step for you. Yeah, you're afraid it was going to ruin the yeah, romance. Yeah, but no, you can't but have kids? the babies in. No, no, no. And I think that intimacy in a relationship is extremely important. Yeah. And so, yeah, you don't have to have babies in the bed. You're a thousand percent going to let your kids all sleep in your bed someday. You're going to want the whole family together all the time. Yes. You're going to want to be covered by, like, babies and dogs everywhere. And Lisa somewhere in the other room sleeping on the couch probably because. No, she's going to be in that bed, <laughs> you're gonna have, too. You're going to have to get, like, And then a I'm going to say, do you want COAJ to come over? No. They'll say yes. And Wait, then you're going to get what in the bed, What size too. bed do you have right now? <laughs> we have a king. A king? No, no. We have a queen. You need to we get a, a king queen. at least. I got to get a cow king. Uh. Push them together. There's going to be a lot of us. <laughs> Good morning, Beat. Channel King. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. What do you have for us, Michaela? Okay, well, I'm very excited about this news. Michaela Cole is one of my favorite comedian actresses ever. She killed it in Chewing Gum. She was so, so funny. Uh, An incredibly relatable story. And now she will be playing a queer character in Marvel's new Black Panther film. And I'm very excited. She'll be playing the role of Annika, a female warrior who is canonically queer in the Marvel comic book series. However, because Marvel's past films have had very little queer content in them, it's uncertain just how queer Annika will be. But listen, if anybody were to do it, it will absolutely be her. She's so funny uh, and she will be really great. A love story is shared between her and another female lead. Io falls in love with Annika before the two leads feminists have a huge uprising. So it's very empowering. Uh, I love to see it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad Marvel's taking some swings. I'm happy about this. It's interesting that they are using black women uh, or women of color uh, to sort of like tell these stories as almost a vis- they're still afraid to like put mainstream white actors in these roles yeah. in, in some of their stories which is weird to me Yeah. Um, but I love it I think it's fantastic and I think that we meet, need more diversity and more representation I'm very excited about Wakanda Forever the sequel I cannot wait I don't I'm, I'm not ready for no Chadwick Boseman I still get emotional when I think about yeah. that um, so I'm curious to know who's going to take over um, but the trailer is amazing so good. Let's make all the characters lesbians. Let's make every one of those warriors a lesbian. Yes. They all got shaved heads and they're and they're tough as nails. I mean, there's a few <clears> lesbians <throat> in there. Yeah, let's make it happen. All lesbians. <laughs> I want Marvel lesbo. Tell me something good. All right, you may have seen um, a new series out on Netflix recently that was actually uh, a book series that everyone is talking about. It's called Heartstopper. And it's about a couple of young uh, English prep school boys, and they, they're sort of like love story. They're young, like coming-of-age love story. Really sweet. Also important, important, important that we have stories like this out there for young people to see themselves represented, right? We talk about representation all the time on the show. Super important. Well, they could be getting more representation than they probably even imagined because Lego is actually considering creating a Heartstopper Lego set that has both of these young men uh, and the apartment that they share uh, on the series, and you can build the Lego set. Oh my How God, cool I love is it. that? Like a same-sex <clears throat> couple and their home Lego. I mean, of course, a million moms on Facebook are going to get upset about of course this, they are. but I think it's really, really sweet. I think so, too. I, I love mean, it. I remember the first time I saw Love, Simon, when that movie came out years ago, I cried my eyes out the scene especially where his dad finally kind of embraced him and accepted him because i i was that kid as a teenager growing up and i had nowhere to go i had no one to turn to and every queer kid can relate to that and to see a love story that was supported by 
classmates in high school that yeah. was same sex. Yeah. That was wild. So every time something like this, you know, comes around, I think it's it's great. And I hope that Lego does make this Heartstopper uh, set. I'll buy one. Absolutely. I love it. All right. This is amazing. An all fi- An all-female team breaks the world record by rowing from California to Hawaii. Wait, what? More than 2,400 nautical miles from California to Hawaii. Uh, the girls arrived in Honolulu after rowing for 34 days, 14 hours, and 11 minutes. Wait, what? The girls told Good Morning America were totally overwhelmed in the best way, also exhausted. Uh, the teammates took turns rowing in two-hour shifts and averaged 90 minutes of sleep per day. They rowed unassisted, and it was also their first time rowing in the deep ocean. They also relied relied on boil to order prepackaged meals for sustenance and to endure seasickness. Uh, that's crazy. Wait, this doesn't even seem possible. I know. 34 days at sea, sleeping 90 minutes a night. What? That's nuts. Also, like, to beat storms, to beat, like, having the ocean yeah, stay calm enough. Yeah, you get one bad storm, you're out. Yeah. Over the course of a month. That's crazy. Uh-uh, no Congratulations, way. Yeah, that's, ladies. that's terrifying. Girls can do anything. I love it. I'm proud of them. That's amazing and terrifying. Yeah. Uh, good for you, girls. All right, well, that's the end of our show. As always, thank you to James Gay uh, to join us for Therapy Thursdays. Tomorrow is Friday, going into the weekend. And we cannot wait. So stick around for three hours of curated music just for you. And then, of course, it's Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Finish your day off with Loveline. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.